What's up, fellow Zeros? Thank you for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that isn't sure you got the gist of the game. We're here today to talk to you about the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm your host, Joe, and I brought with me two Baba Yagas to talk to you about it. We've got Corey. The podcast that just puts quantum in front of anything. And sequel. The podcast that knows so much about Car Wash Protocol. And I have an honorable mention of the podcast that went to Germany and painted on the wall with Captain America. So we got a bunch of, like, emails and reviews and ratings and stuff, but I'm just going to skip over all those, because <laughs> that's old news. No, we didn't get any. But if we did, they would go here. So now, you know, what we've been watching this week that wasn't Ant-Man and the Wasp. Hey, sequel, what'd you watch? I watched six movies this week, Joe. Hey, Jesus. Yeah. I think one a night. I did a couple in a day. You watched more than me this week. Congratulations. I win. <laughs> <laughs> Probably watched more than both of us combined at that rate. Maybe. I watched uh, Accepted was on TV. I like oh. that movie. I like that. I think it's underrated. It is so underrated. Why would no one ask him about his wiener? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If if nothing else, it's one of those movies where the uh, the cliche like big speech at the end like actually hits home. Like I really really love Justin Long's speech at the end of that movie. I feel like I was lost in like. Like the American Pies and mm-hmm. and Van Wilder's because it's not as raunchy. It's also not as good. I, I don't know, man. I think it's just as good. It. Parts of it are very good. Van Wilder's amazing. I Van love Wild- that movie. Van Wilder's, yeah, fair enough. But I would rather watch Accepted than literally any American Pie movie. I'm, even, on, the, I'm on the fence. Yeah, even even the first American Pie, I'd still rather I mean, watch Accepted. If they're both on at the same time... But I'm probably picking Accepted. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely picking Accepted. And I'm in the minority of this, I would watch Accepted over Van Wilder. Yeah, Van Wilder would can't, be tough. Can't do it. I, I don't know, that's fine. I have no issue with that. I don't know. That one. That one's tough. I, I might lean towards Accepted, but... So you watched it on TV, so it wasn't nearly as good as it could have been? It was on, um... It was on, like, Showtime. Oh, okay. So, oh, good, so you yeah. got, like, the movie channel doesn't really count as being on TV. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, because they play the actual full movie. Yeah, the theatrical right. Okay, yeah. Cool. Some political crap. I got a zero on my SAT. I got a 13 on my SAT. Then they give you 500 for writing your name down, right? Everybody's like, that's $74 million. No, that's a million dollars. Yeah, human dollars. Louis <laughs> Black is yeah. a dean. Great role, too. Yeah, good role for him. Perfect. He's got a great, like, rant in there. <laughs> Buyers and sellers. Pimps and whores. Pimps and whores. I just don't understand. <laughs> uh, I said make it look real Not like <laughs> Clickable You said make it look good Yeah I said oh, make it look real Jerry clickable Ger- Jerry Gergich is in that movie too From Parks and Rec Yeah man. Who's he in that movie He's Jonah Hill's dad I don't remember Jonah Hill having parents I in that don't movie. remember Jonah Hill having parents He's in like two scenes But I'm like That guy looks so familiar Then it clicked I was it's like oh right. Jerry Gergich That's yeah. funny so Next movie I watch is Cool Hand Luke Classic. Yep. Paul Newman. I fucking love that movie. I have no opinion on it. (laughs) You should see. You'd like it. When I was in college, a bunch of my roommates loved taking psychedelic... I was going to say LSD. Holy Uh, shit. (laughs) Loved taking psychedelic um, substances. 
mushrooms, acid. Uh, they they loved it. Sure. And I, you know what? It is what it is. Stick with like a wing to relate, see how this relates to McCoy <laughs> One night, I was, I had to pull an all-nighter because I promised my co-op I would finish grading a bunch of tests. So I had to be up all night anyways. So they see me sitting down there grading a bunch of tests, and they're like, oh my god, are you going to be up all night? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be up all night grading these. We're doing it with you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, and in exchange, you have to, like, babysit sit us while we trip on shrooms. And I was like, all right, that's fine. All you guys got to do is the multiple choice. The trip won't start by the time you've done that. And um, I spent the rest of the night watching them trip, and one of the things that as soon as they started tripping, they were like, we have to watch Cool Hand Luke. I was like, of all... <laughs> why do you have to watch Cool Hand Luke? They were like, no, no, no. Cool Hand Luke. And then a bunch of... One of, like, the comedy duos from, like, way Abbott back when. Costello? Not Abbott and Costello. Laurel and Hardy? No. Fuck. Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin? No. No, no, no. It doesn't matter Jerry who Lewis it was. Jerry Lewis and the News. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter who it was. But it was one of those. one of those. And it was... It was the first time I watched Cool Hand Luke. It was at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. Three of my friends are tripping their ass off. I'm like, this is a goddamn great film! Yeah. It's uh, outstanding. Yeah. Paul Newman, one of his finer works, mm-hmm. I'd say. And probably one of the sweatiest movies ever made. Think about that. <laughs> checks out. Right? It checks out. At the time, I'd say. Maybe something sweatier has been made since then. One of the Rocky movies is definitely sweatier. Yeah, I might, I might have to go with some of the Rocky movies. Yeah, but there's like 30 people in that chain gang. Rocky's fighting like one guy. <laughs> It's even more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a couple of those training cool. training montages inside of like the gym when like there are other people boxing around them well, too. I think when they're tiring the highway. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's de- you're dripping. You're not wrong. I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying Rocky could potentially be matching it. We have more time to talk about Rocky later. Don't worry. Right. Okay. What's number three? The Foreigner. Who's in that? Jackie, Jackie Chan. Chan. Oh, that's the new action movie, right? Yeah. Where his daughter dies and he takes, a, like, revenge or something? Jesus Christ, spoilers. Surprisingly. <laughs> I watched the trailer. Sorry, Joe. Outstanding? Really? I loved it. Really? It's a cross between Taken and First Blood. Wow. Yeah. Does Jackie Chan still pull Jackie Chan shit? He's got a couple of Jackie Chan shits, but... <laughs> but um, then he took some Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> And he's alright. There's scenes where he's in the woods and they're going after him and he has all these like traps set up like Rambo did in First Blood. That's awesome. And uh, Pierce Brosnan's like the main bad guy in it, which is like, I didn't even know he was in the movie. It's totally not something you would expect him to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was it was a good watch. Definitely, It's high on the rewatchable scale. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So is that three? Nope. Halfway there. I watched... <laughs> The Greatest Showman for the first time. I am so mad I didn't get to see that in theaters. I do not like musicals, but I really wanted to see it. So tell me more, tell me more. Like, does he have a car? <laughs> he does not. This is in the 1800s. Um, <laughs> the Model T. The song, there's one memorable song that we saw in the trailer. They, they played is that it. that the at, Oscar song? They, yeah. Um, the music parts... I mean, I like musicals. I I found myself drifting off during them. The story's not what I expected. P.T. Barnum's kind of an asshole. And they made him out to be a hero in the trailers. And I guess he's a hero to an extent in the movie. But 
interesting story. I don't know how factual it is, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, you give it a watch. So oh, yeah, definitely worth seeing. Is that that's up on HBO at this point, right? Yeah, I got it from the library. So. <sighs> Gotta get a library card. Yeah, I mean nobody goes anymore. All these movies are just sitting there. Um, got books too, but. And that's Hugh Jackman's character is P.T. Barnum, right? Yes. So, I, I, I don't know. I feel like Bailey's if they're... not in the movie. I feel like if they're letting P.T. Barnum be an asshole, like, via the story, it's probably on the on a, at least slightly more factual side. Well, yeah, because he just pretty much exploited people with um, physical ailments and, yeah. and strange people to make a profit. But he didn't... I don't know if he... Uh, it's just weird with um, how he treated them. Mm. How he treated them. People... People with oddities, I should say. I don't want to call them freaks. Even though they referred to that in the movie several times. I mean, it's, it's the terminology of the time, unfortunately. I mean, just because we're, we shouldn't use it now doesn't mean it's not what they used then. And it's accurate. It is what it is. That's true. And I had a conversation about that in one of my interviews hmm. with Word Choice. And they were like, I wouldn't use that word. I'm like, I'm not going to not use a word that they used. That's, But that's irrelevant. What's number five? Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. You finally watched it. Yes. And? I liked it. Right? Yeah, it's okay. It's I mean, not great, but it's fine. None of the Harry Potter movies are, like, outstanding. So this fits in that realm. Yeah. It's a really good cast. It's just as mediocre as the rest of the movies. It but is, it's, but it's fun. It's, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's not winning any major awards, but, um... Who expected it to? It, it keeps in, in, um... You know, in the... the that world alive. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, they, they do a couple really cool tricks. Like, at one point in, I want to say it's Deathly Hallows Part 1, Hermione has, like, a what is essentially in Dungeons & Dragons, like a bag of holding, like, it's her regular-sized purse that, like, can fit, like, all sorts of things inside of it. They show it in, like, the tent in, in Goblet of Fire. They show it a couple times where, like, things are not what they seem. But in Fantastic Beasts, you actually got to go inside one of those... Yes. Devices with Newt Scamander's, like, suitcase? Yeah, with it, yes. I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, that that's that's pretty awesome. And the, the fact that this universe is so huge, you can go many different directions. I thought it was going to be about him encountering a bunch of different creatures, but they actually go with, like, a almost like a crime story, Corey. Yeah, I would say that that's exactly what it is. It's almost a mystery. Yeah, so it... it it fits, and um, I guess big reveal if you're seeing it, in, like if you saw it in theaters, that Johnny Depp's in the movie. People kept telling me Johnny Depp was in the movie, and I didn't. I kept waiting for it, and then the reveal happened. I was like, "That's almost lackluster." Right, because they didn't they didn't uh, advertise him in the trailers at all. They they I guess they wanted it to be a reveal, and I guess he's in the movie. The, the, he's going to be in the sequel. He's like the. I would assume that he's the main character. antagonist. Yeah. yeah. So. I did like the the way that they did the reveal. I'll give him that. Yeah, at the very end. Yeah. And the guy that you're technically rooting against the whole time is turns out turns out to be even worse than you think he is. Exactly. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, number six. Last night I went out and saw Uncle Drew. Oh, was that awful? <laughs> I imagine that movie right. is awful. I I like. Awful. It has a fresh reading around. Today. It does. That's what threw me off. I see all the sports movies. It's like my thing. That movie looks so bad. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm going to wait for this to go on cable. It'll probably be a good cable movie. And then it got a really good write-up. I'm like, what am I missing here? So I went and saw it, and it's it's not good. It's rushed. It's it's exactly what we thought it is. 
Yeah, I mean... It is what we thought it is. Like, was. Kyrie Irving's character is amazing at basketball the entire time. That makes sense. And then he gets his crew together, and you're, like, you're waiting for them to play, waiting for them to play, and they, like, the last, I guess, half hour of the movie, half hour to 25 minutes, they finally start playing, and they're just as good, too. And it unexplained, it's unexplainable, and it's, I don't know... The main character is kind of insufferable. Nick Kroll is really funny in it, though. I like Nick Kroll. In Usually, I find too. him insufferable. In really, there's a cool line because the, the main character was the uh, TSA agent in Get Out. Okay. So um, when he is riding in the van with all the uh, the old guys, he was like, he's like, "You're lucky y'all ain't white because I've seen Get Out. I'd run out of this van right now." <laughs> he's in Get Out, so it's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah. Cliche, cookie cutter, sports movie, very predictable. Mm, not that good. <laughs> Don't recommend. <laughs> Sounds right. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's all six. Joe, do you want to go second? Yes. Okay, I'll go second. I watched three things. The first thing is not a movie. I didn't even finish it. I started watching Megalo Box, which is the anime John recommended oh, last yeah. week. I meant to start watching It's about that. boxing. If you want to watch it for free, you can go on Crunchyroll. As long as you don't mind ads, you can just stream it for, without it a membership. It's pretty good. It's interesting. It's I'm not sure when it takes place, but they do boxing, but they have gear that like Are you going sub or dub? Box. Uh, it's only sub on Crunchyroll. Okay. I would go dub, if available. I don't like reading while I'm watching something. I feel like it takes away from the visuals. No, sir. But it's pretty good. It's it's it is kind of like a Rocky story, more or less, but in anime form. Like his whole thing is he decides to fight without gear because he's poor. Interesting. Megalo box. Megalo box. It's thirteen episodes long. I think I've watched eight of them, so I will definitely be done with that. How long are the episodes? Uh, with the ads, it's probably about almost a half hour. Okay. And I watched Rocky four. I put it on the 4th of July morning. That's that's one hell of an American movie. That's how I started off my 4th. Watching Rocky defeat communism. Yeah. So that movie is, like, really weird. A little bit. It follows a lot of the same Rocky formula as the first three movies. Yep. And then for some reason there's a fucking robot that becomes Paulie's wife. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. They introduced the What robot. the hell? <laughs> All right, you gotta watch the fake 30 for 30. It's like six minutes long they did. Sure. Right, Rocky Four. The mother reporter is like, Rocky, you know, he's just trying to live a normal life, hang out with his family and his robot, like everybody, <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> it's just a weird, like, Drago is like an android. He's invincible. Designed only for boxing. Yeah, uh, that's like, introduces like... They just show him running around a gym, like yeah. a track, like forever, and he pitched, hits a speed bag once and he goes by... <laughs> It's, it introduces uh, steroids into sports movies. So That's true. With the whole invincible yeah. human aspect of it. And I mean, it plays. It also plays on that... That I, Does anybody remember what year this comes out? 85. 85. So that would mean the Miracle on Ice happened... 80. Five years before, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there's this, also this thing where... Russians seem to be this in like in any sport that America had to come up against. Or Russia, the villains. They, well, not only, but like they were just this insurmountable force. Like they were the best of the best of the best, and it took like American guts, grit, and spirit, and that's why Rocky went up against it because it just it plays right into all of the Rocky tropes, and I it's fucking good. 
It's so good. If you pull most Rocky fans, this is their favorite. Yeah. Aside from a, the first one. The first one's in a separate category. It's not a great movie. It's not. It's... it's Rocky it's fans fun, are just fun Rocky to watch. fans. But, like... Do Rocky fans just love fucking Rocky movies? They they will make Rocky movies until Sylvester Stallone dies, and, be, and Rocky well, fans will go out and see them. Without a question. If you count Creed, I mean... Yeah, it looks like they're going that way. The movies are growing on me. Why you gotta say I didn't expect to like them on this go through? I love the, I love these fucking movies. Rocky Four is also the highest grossing film of the Rocky franchise. It's makes the most, most commercially successful. Sense. It came out late enough where people had money and they were charging more for tickets. And yeah, that makes perfect sense. Four is good. It's definitely the longest fight we get in terms of length of the fight. Like like uh, yeah, movie time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of montages. It's a lot, it's a lot of training. There's some unnecessary montage, and there's one in particular that I, I fast forward through now. I've seen it enough times. Which one is that? When he's in the car driving, and it's just showing like scenes of. Uh, oh, I hate this! It's such a bad scene. It's oh, terrible. Yeah, that scene does suck. And I have also the musical number. I don't know a lot about cars, but how many times does he shift? And he's driving on a highway, like. <laughs> But, yeah, he shouldn't be shipping that much on That was the least of my concerns with that scene. That well, just took see, forever. When you see it so many times, you're like, oh. You just start picking it apart more. There's and nothing more new more. in it. No. So that was Rocky Four, And then the last movie I watched was Rocky Five. Wow! <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. That movie is kind of a piece of crap. It's not kind not of. Garbage. That's, that's, that's not kind of. That movie is a piece of shit. I've seen worse movies than that. The, the part... The thing... The stuff with him and his son... I kind of like. Everything else in that movie is kind of garbage. That's Sage Stallone. That's the son of yeah. life. Yeah, but you know what? You know what the worst part is? Didn't he die? Yes, he did. A couple years ago. The Stallone and his son moments from Rocky Balboa, or like, I'm sorry, I haven't, the... I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, well, there's, there's one very specific moment, like, scene between Rocky and his son in Rocky Balboa that kicks the shit out of literally everything you see in Rocky Five, I, I think his son is a terrible actor for Rocky oh, Five. Like, also, <laughs> he's not great, but I think that's the best part of the story because the rest of that story is absolutely ridiculous and stupid. The fact that he has to go back into terrible. a street was, fight was the necklace a thing before Rocky Five? The conflict, no. Or did they make it a thing? They, for Rocky they made 5? it a okay. thing. It's forced. Rocky's losing his intelligence because he took too many headshots. All right. It, it really the worst part of Rocky Five is how many lines Stallone has. Rocky Four played to his strengths. He barely says a word in Rocky Four. It's mostly him training. Yeah, and he's he's coherent in Rocky Four yeah. too. He's a Rocky Five is just really like cringeworthy and awkward to watch. Yeah, it's the story doesn't make any sense. He has brain damage, so he can't fight anymore. At the end of the movie is a ten minute long fist fight in the streets. Guess what? That hurts your brain just as much as getting hit with a glove on. Probably more. Especially considering that the guy he's getting into a fist fight with is a guy he's fucking professionally fucking training. That's the guy he trained. Also, he's that a heel... professional fighter is Tommy Morrison. Yeah. That heel turn comes out of nowhere in yeah. that movie. With, with what? With, with Tommy, Tommy Gunn. You, yeah. I mean, the he, one montage, you kind of see it coming along. He was like, he was like the farm the farm boy who endlessly seeks out Rocky to train him because it's been his dream. And then all of a sudden, like like nothing, he just... Fl- it's so bad. The movie, gets, all the, that movie's he terrible. He affected by greed. I mean, I'm not defending this movie at all. I hate the fact they introduced a Don King-type character. Oh, that guy sucks. Um, that character's the worst. This movie's like an hour 45 minutes. It feels like two and a half hours. Yeah, there are some moments I do like in the movie. 
Like, I'm not... I like when his son fights the kid. Yeah, that's uh, Kevin Connolly. And then they just... Is it really? That is him? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. And then they just make up. He's like, we can end this right now. He's like, yeah, I got no problem oh, with, with that. that. shake hands. Then he's like, hanging out at his house. Like, they're friends now. Yeah. Listen, because that... You know what? That's... I don't know about how, how it happened on Long Island, but where I'm from... That's his bully. And where, well, where he I'm, then kicked the shit out of Where I'm from, that's what happened. You Corey's from the streets, ladies and gentlemen. You fucking... <laughs> kids would, like, for whatever reason, get into fights, and then they would end up being best friends for the foreseeable... Few, like, for whatever reason. If you got into a fist fight with somebody, they ended up being your best friend almost immediately after. I'm not quite sure how Rocky loses his fortune. I don't know what the hell Paulie did. He's the, uh... Signed he over signed power. over power of attorney to an accountant who decided to invest their money in something. It's the worst plot device ever. Hey, it's all right. so lazy. I have a brother-in-law. I can't do that on his behalf. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think he presented him to Rocky and just said, sign this. This is what it does and explained it to him. It's Paul is the worst character and this movie just cements that because he... Oh, it's so bad. I fucking hate, I, so I've bad. always hated Polly. Every, everyone hates Rocky Five. Polly's okay in Rocky Four. No, I'm insufferable in Five. Polly's pretty terrible in most of them. He's like a useless character. I don't understand why he's around. You know what it is? It's it's he's a drunk and he's a bad person. <laughs> it's and he's like really racist in Three. To, <laughs> he is. to show the um the juxtaposition of like ways that you can like carry yourself being from the same. Like to the same standing, sure. Like, like they both are on the same even keel, and this is what Rocky did with his life versus what Paulie does with his life. And I, I get what they're trying to do, but what it ends up doing is make me really fucking despise this guy. And then Rocky Five hits, and I'm like, how is this man not dead? How did Rocky <laughs> not just beat the piss out of him as he was getting dragged? Off flip of him? him around like he's the good guy when he's like training the sun. No. Because Rocky's too busy with Tommy. It's it, it's such a weird movie. It's bad. It's real bad. It's not great. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, we can be done. We're going to waste too much time on Rocky Five. We already have. Part of the play gets punched out. Rocky's like, yo, Tommy, you locked him down. Why don't you try knocking me down? <laughs> uh, and then he does it a few times. Yeah, one more to go, Joe. One more, and it's uphill from here, because Five is, from what I've heard, definitely the low point. Yeah, just one more quick thing on Five. The original ending of Five, Rocky's supposed to die at the end. He wins the street fight, he has to go to the hospital, he dies, and then Adrian comes out in front of the reporters and gives a speech, like, if you believe in yourself, Rocky's spirit will live on. That would have been that terrible. Kinda, I don't know, I think that would make the movie better. I would it would make the movie better, sure, yes. but... I think, ugh. I wish the studio had balls to kill off I wish the they character. never made five. Well, uh, that's the point, right? And that's why they ultimately make Rocky Balboa, because they have to try to redeem themselves, and that leads us yeah. to Creed. And the Creed movie was really good, so I'm glad they did it, ultimately. But well, that's what I watched. Hey, Corey, what'd you watch? That's it? Is that... I thought you had three. three. I, yeah, maybe a little box. Rocky Four, Rocky Four. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, cool. Um, I only have one. I I've been very... Boxing. I've been hyper busy, and when I'm at home sitting around, like, throwing the TV on, I have to just put something on I've already watched a bunch of times just because I have other things to do. But the one thing I did sit down and watch was uh, I rewatched It, the remake of It. They just released the cast photo or a cast photo of It Chapter 2 because they are in... They just started shooting it like last week up in Canada. And there are only three people in as the adults that seem to be recognizable, at least to me. And that's James McAvoy, who's playing... Bill. Bill, yep. No, no, I'm lying. I'm lying. 
Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Right <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, James McAvoy is Bill, and then Bill Hader is Richie. <laughs> that's actually that's perfectly casted. Yeah, it's really those well. fit really really well. Jessica Chastain is Beverly, which I think is spot on. Also, the rest of the Losers Club they aren't really people I recognize, except for maybe Isaiah Mustafa. I can I can see him like he looks familiar, but I'm not sure what I've seen him in. Is that the guy in the Old Spice commercials? Is it? Uh, actually, it might be. It looks like him. <laughs> it does look like that guy. Long story short, the uh, the movie holds up. Obviously, not as scary the second time around. Movies never are. You know when all the it is the guy from the Old Spice commercial. Nice, that's <laughs> awesome. Good for that guy. Good pull. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, good for that guy. But even though the scares aren't there, the movie itself is good. I think one of the cool things about horror movies, especially really good horror movies, Get Out is another really good example, is that after you're done being scared by them and you just go back and watch them for whether or not they're good movies, the really good ones have like really fun stories, really cool, nifty things that you have to like watch and pick up on, and they're just awesome, awesome dramas. I know it's a good one if you're watching it for the second time and you're still tense. Yeah. Yes. And I was definitely tense. And I think, again, partially knowing when these scares happen, it's like, oh, God, here it comes, type tension. Um, but, yeah, they did a really good job making me feel like I was in the 70s. Or 80s, I guess? 80s. 80s. Yeah, I really liked I really liked this remake, and I'm super, super stoked for the second one. It's coming out this year or next year? Next year, September 2019. All right. That's it. That's the only thing I've, I've actually really watched this week. Cool. And that's what we've been watching. Let's get into the movie facts for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp, 2018. That's this year right now. It's a new release. PG-13, one hour, 58 minutes long. Director's name is Peyton Reed, who also directed Bring It On, Down With Love, The Breakup, Yes Man, and Ant-Man, the first one. Movie stars Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michael Pena, Walton Goggins, Hannah John Kamen. Abby Ryder Tortson, Lawrence Fishburne, Randall Park, Tip T.I. Harris, David Destmalkian, and Michelle Pfeiffer. It was budgeted at $162 million, allegedly, depending on who you ask. Box Office Mojo has not been great with this. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's grossed so far in about five days $168 million. Wow. $82 million domestic. So it's already exceeded its budget. That's pretty good. That's what we in the business call a success. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 86%. Certified fresh. The audience disagrees a little bit, 79%. IMDb, 7.6 out of 10. And Metacritic at a 70 with a user score of 7.6. Good for you, Metacritic. Let's do our general thoughts about the movie. Before we do, spoilers. Hey, Corey, what did you think? I enjoyed the movie. It's an MCU movie. We knew it was going to be good. There's nothing um, particularly special. Special about this movie, I didn't love it by any means. Until the last, I'd say, ten minutes of this movie. The choice they make with the villain in this movie is awesome and different and really makes this, like, cements this movie in a better category than where I thought it was going to land while I was watching it. So yeah, overall, fun. Really fun, really good. What about you, sequel? I agree with the audience score of this movie at a 79. Like, this movie is, it's good, but it's, again, MCU fatigue for me for this one. The last three MCU movies we got were awesome. This just kind of fit into the same 
formula and was like, all right, this is pretty good. It's it's not bad by any stretch, but it didn't blow me away by any means. And the villain's cool, as you said. I have a, a weird thing about the villain, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. I told you about it, Joe. I want to know if you remembered it. Because this, this thought was running through my head the entire time we were introduced to the villain, and okay. we know like the powers and everything, but we'll get into that after spoilers. But Gotcha. Yeah, this movie's just just good. It's it's a solid MCU movie. It's it's not a top five, not a bottom five. It's right in the middle. I think I remember what you're talking about. Do you? I think. I hope so. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yeah, this is a this is a fun movie going experience. There's, it's perfectly fine. It's it's nothing special at all. It's not mediocre, but it's like middle of the road MCU movie. It's perfectly acceptable. I don't care for the villain choices that they make in this. The plot is incredibly basic, and I'm not sure what they thought they were pulling off here, or if this was just supposed to be like a filler movie. There's only one really good thing about this movie, and it happens way late in it. I agree. I know what you're talking about. Okay. That's it. the thing I'm thinking of. Is this the choice they made in the movie that they had to make, I feel? I can't wait to find out if we're on the same page. I hope we're on the same page. <laughs> From here on out, we're going to be spoiling Ant-Man and the Wasp. If you haven't seen it yet, which is a real possibility considering it hasn't been out that long, 12 days now, if you're listening to this on the day we released it, you should probably pause this and come back after you've seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, unless you don't care about seeing it, and then we're just going to spoil it for you. There's not a lot to spoil. No. So spoilers from here on out, Ant-Man and the Wasp, let's go. So when I was a kid... Yes! (laughs) Yes, I remember I used to come up with my own superhero, like if I was a superhero, like what would my story be, and like it meant certain superheroes, and as a kid I'm not familiar with Ant-Man, it wasn't really a cartoon or a movie when we were growing up, so I didn't know the character of Ghost existed. I told Joe this months ago, the superhero I came up with for myself was named Ghost, and... A little bit different origin story. My character was like a like a Navy SEAL that got like there was an explosion and and uh, like there's radiation and my character developed the ability to like disappear and reappear and phase in and out and I called the character Ghost. It was just pretty much exactly <laughs> pretty exactly, close, right? Pretty fucking close. And I thought it was super original. Like, yeah, no one else is loving this. This is a cool name. It's cool. It's a cool ability. I've never really. Seen this before? I imagine you watching the movie and you're like, I'm gonna fucking sue Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're gonna fucking hear from me and my attorneys. I'm sure this this character exists in Ant Man lore. I didn't look it up or anything. I probably should have. Yeah, really. But like <laughs> at this point, I figured I, you would. But like when it was happening and they say the name, I'm like, huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs> what are the odds of that? Someone's been reading my fanfiction. <laughs> I didn't write any of this down, I didn't draw any of it, just something I came up with. Even more impressive, they stole it from your brain. Yeah. Plus, Google's always listening. Right? Google's always listening. (laughs) I came up with this character when I was around 10 years old, so almost like 20 years ago. Oh, wow, Google definitely wasn't (laughs) listening back then, so. But yeah, that was like my main thought during. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really remember what happens in the second half of the movie. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, I think I would be way too distracted by that. In fairness, I, I think I would also be really fucking distracted by that. It was kind of funny. Yeah. That is funny. So, on to the movie. So, the movie picks up with, at the end of Ant-Man's, um... 
House arrest? House arrest. Well, three, days before, yeah. three days before. Three days before. Three days prior. Three days prior. And um, one of the first things we get is a little fill-in between what happens at the end of Civil War and the start, the start of, of Infinity War, which I liked. I, I You know, even my opening bet about painting on the walls and then that guy just going through, like, real in-depth, like... He violated Clause 2, Section 6 of the Sokovia. Like, I really... That was a funny part. It was funny, because you think he's going to, like, break it down like a child, like an adult to a child, and then he goes real deep into it. Like, hey, sweetie. (laughs) You know, like, when you paint on the wall and you're not allowed? Well, he painted on the wall in Germany with Captain America. I violated the Accords, and this, 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 and this, and it was... You're great with kids. (laughs) So great. I know, right? I liked that character. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Um, he was funny. Randall Park. I think I like that guy. He's he's in a lot of things as like a bit part. Mm-hmm. I really like him. Yeah. He's I, one of the, the highlights of this movie for, for me. For sure. Scott, how'd you do it? The magic trick. I have to know. <laughs> <laughs> then you see him practicing at his you, office later did, on. Did, Could did you, you knock? <laughs> did, did you want to get dinner or something? Or? <laughs> yeah, that's... that's I re- that was... Oh, he's such a great character. Yeah, that, was great. That, was, that was a really awesome part. Yeah, the magic trick thing came up. That was kind of the joke that they pulled on. That was the one that they, they kept coming back to. Really enjoyed it because it was, it was funny when it first came up. It was like, do you realize how bored I've been and what it takes to entertain a child? Does a magic trick? I had to learn that. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. And then it comes up three, four more times. Every time, just as good as the last. The throwing up cards and the other... <laughs> her stepdad's like, How'd you do that? Come on, man. And he has to lean out of the apartment so his bracelet yeah. doesn't cross the threshold. Yeah. Not his anklet, I guess. Which we learned he can't do. Like, he's physically, he's literally constrained to the apartment. Yep. Because his foot accidentally breaks through the fence and the FBI shows up, sparking this whole thing. We got a lot of the same tropes and jokes from the first one. I didn't really mind it. I really wanted that um, Michael Pena scene where he's... Oh, where he's voicing all the characters? I love it. That's, I'm just, that's my favorite scene in the yeah, movie. It's also it's like my favorite good. scene in the first one. And I'm glad we got it. I thought we were going to get it. <laughs> I think the best part about that scene in particular is that it's not it's not identical to the way that we got it in, in Ant-Man. In the original, in the first one. So the way we got in the first Ant-Man was just him, whenever he like you asked him a question and he had to break into a story, that's what it was. This time there's like this like, truth serum thing going on. It's not truth serum. There's no such thing as truth serum. Okay, whatever you want to say. It's totally truth serum. But then, like... It sounds like it, truth serum. It's like... the, the just it the way. truth serum. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. But just, like, the way that he's asking the questions, he's like, well, where is he? And then that's... Well, he, that's a loaded question. <laughs> because he's not answering the where is he physically. He or where emotionally. Is he, where is he emotionally. Like, could you just... That's how you would defeat Truth Serum, right? You twist the question around. You're too vague. Like, it's brilliant. It was fun. It was a fun moment. You got... If you put a diamond, you gotta let the whole song play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. The jukebox all had Morrissey in it. I like that you have, um... Wasp character during that scene in her haircut from the first one. Oh, yeah. They didn't have to do that. I'm glad they did. And they, he even comments on it. Mm-hmm. Like, he has a haircut like, What? <laughs> Yeah, they do a good job with continuity. Yes. That's, I, I'll definitely give them that. Once we get start seeing Ant-Man-type moves, I think we get some 
fun action sequences between just the the one in the restaurant and the hotel. The one in the school, I think, is awesome. It's hardly an action sequence, but you get Ant Manning's type stuff, and I think it's fucking hysterical. I love him with the blue hoodie on. Oh like god, running. That's <laughs> he's like he's like medium sized. Did you have a good day at school? <laughs> Can we get out of here, please? Do you want a oh, juice box? <laughs> Somebody with a juice box. Do you have do, one? Do you want a juice box and some cheese sticks? <laughs> do, you, do you actually have those? <laughs> it's really great. Uh, yeah. The, the humor in this, it's... Yeah, it's good. Yeah, On it, par with, with with the last set of Ant-Man humor. This movie definitely does not have a tone problem. It's, no. it's consistent throughout. But you know what the problem is? I just don't think that they took any real chances. I don't think that they... Oh, no, not at all. They they did anything... It was a per- very safe movie Yeah, but Yeah, it, it wasn't particularly original. It was fun. It's a good movie-going experience. Like you said, it's... This is like a summer popcorn movie from the MCU. This is like if yeah. MCU decided to make Transformers. Yeah. The first one, I guess, which I hear is okay. It is pretty good. I, 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 it's, it's similar to Guardians Volume 2 for me, except Volume 2 kind of went deeper, had more emotional moments. Like, I didn't feel really emotionally invested in this at all. No, you know what there's the no, other thing is? No real stakes. There's no particularly real stakes. They, they say that, you know, I guess the thing that they're trying to make is the stakes of them going into the quantum realm to get Pym's wife. Yeah, but I never feel like he's not gonna succeed. But even beyond that, like, if, if, if even if he, the fucking lab gets stomped on, and they don't get to go into it, like, that doesn't you know, I'm not dry, if nothing is driving me to meet Michelle Pfeiffer. True. And, like, one of Scott's main motivations is, um, getting back to his apartment in time to be released. Yes. Like, even if he gets arrested again, I know how Infinity War ended, and I know he, <laughs> like, he's gonna bust out, or he's gonna, like, he's gonna have to come to the fold eventually, so I'm not I'm not concerned of how we're gonna get there. Oh, you know I see what, what you're mean? saying, because, okay. So I was never concerned about how we're gonna get there, because I knew we were going to, because right. of how this movie is structured, mm-hmm. and very safe, but, like, it just, I still was worried in the moment, I guess, but I was like, wait a minute, no, it's gonna be fine. That's a trope I think I've seen in a, in a couple different movies. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There it is. It's very Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So he just shows up yeah. at the end, you're like, you're, you're nervous about if he's going to make it. Yeah, like, is, yeah. is he going to get back to the house before his parents show up or the principal yes. shows up? You know. Yeah. So I'm sure they do this. I think they do the same thing in the police academy. The yeah. Movie. I think they do. It's, it's a trope that yeah. we've seen before, and it's a perfectly fine trope. It's all 80s it, movies. Yeah. <laughs> It works just fine, but it doesn't make for a spectacular film, especially superhero film. You want to talk villain? I mean... Yeah, I'd like to talk specifically about what I... Well, let me hear what you guys have a problem with the villain before I talk about what I liked about the villain. It's just an interesting choice for a villain. I mean, the villain's motivation is... is selfish. It's it's strictly for herself. I don't feel like anyone's in any real danger. The, the danger's caused by Ant-Man, really, with the collateral damage, when, when you come to think of it, but he's trying to... Um, also, the only other person that's in real danger is Pym's wife, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, and that doesn't matter. Right, because we're not, we're not connected to her, so we really yeah. don't care. 
I mean, we we care because you know Evangeline. Um, we want Evangeline Lily to meet her mom. Exactly. But. I mean, that, that's the that's the small emotional attachment that we have. But we don't know who she is. We're barely introduced to her. So it's we went with a, a whole movie without her. So yeah. what, <laughs> why can't we do another one? Exactly. That's true. There's two villains in this movie. One of them's boring, and one's a half-assed villain. Walter Goggins, who... He's boring. Yeah, I like him as an actor, though. I, I do, too, but he's, he's, he's just... The way that character is written in this is not at all menacing or convincing. Uh, just, I know he's going to bumble it, and he's like also, he's basically shoved off to the side. Like, he shows up every... Like, oh, no, how could things get worse? Yes. Yeah. Sonny or Scooter or whatever the fuck his name is. And his motivation's money. Like, okay, boring. Yeah. I like, totally 100% agree. At least Ghost's motivation is like, alright, I gotta, I'm in, chronic pain is what I'm going through. I'm in pain constantly. I'm in chronic that, pain and I'm about to literally evaporate into nothing. And it drives her evil, but only sometimes. But like, evaporate into nothing, she's gonna get t- torn apart. Yeah, same difference. I think the one thing, despite those problems with the villain, which I, I see, that's fair. Uh, the one thing I really do like that they did with the villain is that they didn't just kill her. No, they kept her around, which is cool. She could come back into the fold later on. I mean, I, I don't she know what she would turns do. at the end, so they're not going to kill her. All right. The only clever thing this movie does, I guess, is have Lawrence Fishburne. Well, that reveal is way too early for me. Oh yeah, but that have him been helping her. Yeah, I agree. That, that was a early. good reveal. I like the idea of it, but it's way too early. Yes, I, I agree with you there. I didn't see it coming. Neither did I. That's why I liked it. But how much cooler would it have been if we get to the last time that Ghost gets the lab, opens it back up, gets inside, and then we get to that inside shot, and it's him like clicking away at like all the keys and like getting everything set up for the extraction. And that's the reveal, like at the end there. I think that would have been, yeah. I think that would have been a better spot for a reveal. Definitely better. But then you don't have that moment where Lawrence Fishburne's like, "If you touch a hair on his daughter's head, then we're done. I'm not helping you anymore." So she decides not to go after. Her. Yeah. So his his he's I guess aiding the villain. He wants but... to help her. He's trying to figure out a way to help her. Right. He just he wants to cure her pain. He does. Yeah. He doesn't want to break the law. He's not. That's not his. No. No, he's not like a bad guy. It's just it's he's a cool reveal that he's been helping her this whole time. Apparently, more of an honorable man than Hank Pym. Allegedly, yeah, right. Hank Pym's got a dark past, but that's something that. So I, there's everyone who works with Hank Pym apparently. I'm I'm interested to see if that was planned from the get go, or if that's you know. Kevin Feige and the other brains at the MCU being like, all right, people picked up on what we were trying to do. We have to change gears here. Because once Ant-Man came out and Hank Pym was just a upstanding guy who missed his wife, like, people were like, nah, man, Hank Pym was a douche. He was a fucked up character. He was abusive in the comics. He was abusive at the the very least. Because the technology fucked up his brain. Yeah. But, like, he had, like, a very... He was very dark, if nothing else, and they—he was—and they made him very light and lovable. And I wonder if this was just a. He's still kind of a dick. <laughs> he is this. His, his demeanor is dickish. But I mean, in this, at least, we get to see more darkness to him too. Like he fucking screws over anybody who crosses him. Like, well, not as, it depends which way you spin that story because Ghost's dad or Ghost Dad. 
<laughs> We're not allowed to talk about that movie. Yeah, no. Phantom Ghost Dad. <laughs> no, but uh, Ghost's dad was worked for Pim or with Pim, and then he said that I let him go because he was up to no good or something, something along those. There's a line I don't remember the exact wording of it, but yeah. he's implying that something sinister was afoot with that guy. But so it's not that, like he was a saint. Yeah, I get that, but at the same time, like that guy then goes and tries to replicate it in Mexico and causes this to his daughter. So if Hank Pym had never fired him, his daughter would have never become... We don't know that. We do. Also, Hank Pym doesn't really interact with anybody like that's not evil, with the exception of uh, Scott and his daughter in the first movie. Like, yeah. he inter- like everyone, like, his protege or the, his, his underling is trying to, like, steal the technology and the company from under him. And the flashback scene you get, he's doesn't want the Starks to control his technology, so he gets into a uh, fight at S.H.I.E.L.D. So he's meant to be, like, heroic in that regard. Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing him interact with people that are not morally reprehensible and are not after his technology for personal gain, and they think he's a douche and incredibly difficult to work with. Yeah. So you, you get more of a darker side to him. Xcon is the name of their That's security stupid. company. I don't like that name. I didn't catch on to that <laughs> really? until, until like the end. I was like, oh, okay. It's like too on the nose and in your face. Very on the nose. Yeah, I liked it. I was fine with it. I'm fine with that group in total. Pretty much everything they do is perfectly fine. Um, they're not as funny as they were in the first movie. No. By no. any means. Well, Except for Bobby Yaga. Bobby Yaga was a star. <laughs> I'm glad that it came back. <laughs> I thought it was funny... I chuckled a bit when he was explaining Baba Yaga, and then when Ghost shows up, Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga. <laughs> yeah, and she screams, my, oh my god, I, I damn near lost it. I like when he busts out the Antimans, and then Michael Payne is scared of, what's with the fancy pastry? <laughs> <laughs> we only have like three days left. Yeah. Have the, have the oatmeal. <laughs> Oatmeal pack, it tastes like I'm eating sand. Put some brown sugar, brown sugar on it. Because it's gluten free. Or organic, whichever one it was. Something like that. The comedy in this movie works. Even like at this at serious moments, like um Paul Rudd's character was like, wait, is that my desk? Yeah. <laughs> you weren't here when we were picking desk. It doesn't even look like a desk. It looks like you found it. it looks like a table. In the garbage. It's a trash <laughs> desk. Is it what was the sale? It was like a yard sale or Rummage sale. Rummage sale. sale. I got a rummage sale. <laughs> you cheaped out on my desk? Just, isn't a piece of paper with a Scott on it? Yeah. Scott, yeah. Who would have thought you would come to us in your hour of need? Because, you know, we robbed you. you. Remember that? <laughs> I have fun watching the ant perform Scott's daily routine. Yeah, that was good. I didn't like all the, um... Nine, hour, nine hours in bed, five hours for the TV, two hours in the bathroom okay. for some reason. <laughs> It's bath, man. He takes a bath. Two hours? He gets so pruny. Well, it's also two hours total. It's not two straight hours. I guess. Maybe he drinks a lot of water. He's really hydrated. How do you guys feel about the use of the live-action large ants, other than that, other than the ant mimicking Scott's life? Like when they come come out of the Altoid tin? They come out of the Altoid tin, they're like... That one, that King Lawrence Fishburne into a corner. I thought it was a little too much for me. It's, it's the, weird. That's about the only the only one I don't like is the Altoid Ten. It makes perfect sense to me that he would put a bunch of ants in 
the building what to do all the work. To them? So I mean, you never see them shrink again. Everything that's in the building goes down in size, so they just become regular size. Right, but point. when like Lawrence Fishburne's like get backing out, backing out of the building, like I don't know. I mean, if the building is full size, then they're large, mm-hmm. and if the building is shrunk down, they're regular size ants, okay. and they're just inside the building. Because even a lot of like the dials and shit, like the the one dial on the screen when they're like like triangulating her location is like a volume dial on an amp, um, what would be like a guitar amplifier. Like that building is actually made out of like little toy parts and then blown up to size. This sort of leads into my least favorite part of this movie, and I don't remember them doing it so much in the first movie. But I'm not the biggest science nerd on the planet. But every time they have an issue and someone comes up with a random solution, I have no idea what they're talking about. They're like, that could work. Uh, yeah, it happens about three or four times in this. It got old real fast. It's, it seems like the first solution anybody just kind of shoots out at them. They're like, huh, yeah, that could work. We're it's, pressed for time. We're going to use that one. It's a very convenient yeah. way to move the plot along. It's not that creative. No, it's not at all. But unfortunately for all of us, it leads to one of the best parts of that movie, it, which is Ant-Man being middle-sized in that blue sweatshirt. Well, because that's, that's they, Hank Pym rushing the suit. Yeah. Like, you have no, to, no, no, no. Having him use the prototype yeah, but, before it's ready. But they needed... So Morgan Freeman was like, if you do whoa, this... Whoa, 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 whoa. Morgan Freeman? Fuck me. Lawrence Fishburne. Um, not even close, man. No, not <laughs> even a little bit. They're both old, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's... Whatever. Fuck you. So, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne says, you could do this with the old modifier for a tracking. And he's like, ah, yes, we need to... The new modifiers don't have that. Which leads Scotty to be like, okay, I hid the Ant-Man suit in the trophy. Right. Shit, the trophy's not here. That's why he's in the school. All right, but you don't need that to get to that moment where he has to go get his old suit. They could have had a suit destroyed. We need another suit oh, we need another suit, let me go get this one. We could have had, we need something from the chemistry lab. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's there's a bunch of different ways to get to the school. He could have, He. I mean, yeah. I guess that's fair. He's the world's best grandma, guys. <laughs> that was kind the of... The world's greatest answer. grandma. That I was remember. cute. I, I like his relationship with his daughter. Is great. Yes, it's, I love it's it. outstanding. It's, that's the highlight of the movie for me, is him and his daughter. Yeah. Paul Red's delivery, though, is... is Paul is very good. Outstanding. I think I said his name weird in that one. Paul Rudd is very good in this movie. Yes, he is. Which was weird. I mean, when the first Ant-Man came out, A, never really was big into Ant-Man. B, I'm like, really? Paul Rudd's going to be in a superhero movie? Mm-hmm. Worked out perfectly fine. And, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't let us down in this one. I mean, he puts on... He gives us the exact same performance. I mean, it, it's not him. No. The, this movie itself is just bled. Like, he's not bled in it. It's... Yeah, he... he Really acts the crap out of this role. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. It's just not great story or chance-taking or... No, it's, again, it's a cookie-cutter... I, you know what, the one, and, and, I mean, even, even when they try to do a couple things that are, I guess for lack of better terms, cliche-breaking, so when the bad guy is, is going on his exposition dump about what's going on, the fucking phone is going off, and he's trying to get, he's about to get FaceTimed with his daughter, I, I love that moment. Where he keep, like the bad guy villain keeps getting interrupted during his monologue, yeah, his monologuing. Funny. funny, sure, don't care. <laughs> doesn't doesn't really do much until he answers the phone and he starts talking to Peanut, which is fucking adorable. Yeah, she can't find her soccer shoes. Yeah, 
this an emergency? Oh my god, it's not, she texted 911, it's an emergency. I'm sorry, she texted 911, I didn't, thought it was an emergency. They didn't know she was going to abuse the system. Right? Oh, and when she says, like, you need a partner, you need someone watching your back, and she wants it to be her, that's the cutest thing ever. Oh, it's so adorable, I love it. Like, don't laugh, like, oh, melts your heart. A real sad face. Well, you know what, though? She did. She does, because that, like, 30 seconds that she's, like, going back and forth on the staircase with Wu, is his name Wu? The the detective's name? I don't know. Do I know feel the, like it is. I feel like it's Detective detective Wu, but I'm not sure. I think his first name is Jimmy. Yeah. Either way, when he's, when like, she's, like, blocking off the detective, and then finally, like, he moves her out of the way and yeah. gets up. That, like, extra 30 seconds is what gives him the time to get in there and, and put the tracking device She's back on. coming for her dad. That's, that's yeah. nice. It's Jimmy Woo. It is Jimmy? We both got it together. Yeah. I knew it. Nice. He threw up. It's, it's a lot. How much? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter. Wait. How much? No, never mind. Never mind. I've been a detective for a long time. I've seen worse than some throw up. Is it, like, a lot, a lot? <laughs> like, a lot. <laughs> I like the lab on wheels. I thought that was fun. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary for what could be expected. We saw that in the trailer. Yeah. I didn't think it'd be such a major part of the movie. I didn't realize they're going to be enlarging and shrinking it again about a million times. And I didn't realize that's going to be what everybody's after. Minimum a million times. Walton Goggins wants to sell it, and then Ghost wants to... Just to have access to the... To destroy the mom. Right. And then it turns out that all that she really needed to do was just... Have the mom touch her. Sit back and wait, and mom would have came through and touched her. And again, cheap, sure, but at least it's not another villain just getting killed so we don't have any access to her or her character again. Right? Like, Yellow Jacket was a more compelling, menacing villain in the first one, but... He's definitely more menacing. I don't know if he's compelling. I more. found him interesting. I mean, he was doing. I mean, at least his mo- his motivation seemed a little a little more deep. Where he was trying to make up, like he was trying to impress his, you know, the guy who like taught him everything he knows, and he could never do it. So I guess I'm more I drove him nuts. I do like that the vil- uh, villain in a similar suit, and they have to like. So you're like a mano a mano fight. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that in all um, stories and comic book movies and things of that nature. So you should be a big fan of the MCU because that's most of what they do. I, I liked it in Black Panther. I didn't like it. I guess it when it's executed well. Did you like it in Iron Man 1? Um, yes. Okay. Did you like it in Iron Man 2? It's not really mm. the case in Iron Man 2. It's the same technology in the suit. But it's Whiplash is the quote-unquote villain he's in that. Garbage. Yeah, he's garbage. He's not in the suit. Anyway, I'm sorry him. for derailing this. Yeah. That's on me. It is. Come from a family of butchers and thieves. Anyways. Do you want to do favorite, least favorite, or do you guys have more? Oh, yes! Okay. This is the one thing. The one... This is my biggest problem with the movie, which will turn out to be my least favorite scene. So why don't we go into favorite, least favorite, and I'll, <laughs> I'll explain it then. That makes more sense. That sounds perfect. I, sounds like I, a, I did mine already. Least favorite being the um, science cure-all. Like, oh, that could work. i just not a fan of that trope, especially... They, I feel like they use it like three or four times mm-hmm. during this and didn't fit. It's not that creative. And favorite being the uh, Michael Pena monologue. I guess we'll just go in order, I guess. Sure. Uh, my favorite is the Scott and Cassie moments. 
Oh. I love those, especially the you need somebody watching your back moment. Her adorable little sad face. I was like, this is a great relationship. Thank especially, you for this, Ant Man. And, and he's also really honest in that in that moment. I've only been Ant Man for like a day or two. I seem to mess it up a lot. Like, God damn it, you're that's real. It is real. They have a great relationship. It's very the entire length of the movie, it's great. And my least favorite movie is uh, the stupid throwaway scene that's meant to be a laugh that's just really dumb with, like, the bird eating all the ants. Oh, the seagulls? Because we're supposed to be emotionally attached to it. Like, in the first movie, we have Anthony, and you, like, feel something when Anthony dies. Yeah, and when Anthony dies, compl- that was pissed. Yeah, they yeah. completely cheapen that in this. It's like, oh, ants are disposable. He, he even names them, like, a couple students. Ulysses S. Gur Ant. Ulysses S. Gur Ant. Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Antonio Banderas. I was super stoked about Antonio Banderas, and then he got eaten, too. Yeah, they're just really cheaping that for a laugh, and mm-hmm. it's dumb. I don't know, they're, they're being eaten, and he finally flies on one. It would have been interesting if he got eaten. <laughs> for a split second, I thought, like, that'd be... That, I, I kind of hope they go with he this. Got, As soon as he gets eaten, he just, like... Yep. <laughs> explodes the bird. That'd be perfect, actually. Right? That's how, exactly how you should have done it. If you're going to commit to a stupid bit... At least get a little revenge. Yeah. Pay it off better. That's fair. That's actually really fair. Favorite moment for me was, if not the Cassie moments, which definitely are up there. A lot of the suit malfunctions, I think, are really genuine fun laughs that I got. Um, were some of the f- most genuine fun laughs that I got. Least favorite, and I think it it plays into the reality stone is broken side of things. They don't use the technology nearly efficiently enough. Like, they pull a full-sized, clear, like, clearly a van for surveillance purposes outside of the the house that they triangulate the box to, when they very easily could have, like, dropped the van down to, like, smaller size so that nobody would have noticed them parking and them going in. There's, like, three or four times when, like, they get caught when all they would have really needed to do was be small. small and nobody would have noticed it. Well, I mean, I think they set them up in that one because the guy who gave them the idea to find the... Oh, for sure. But they were like... But that's the one that struck me because they did get caught there. But two or three other times, I'm like, why aren't you just a small race, like, like little like toy car size right now and just zooming down a side street and then it would, like, doesn't matter. This, the auto chase never needs to happen. Drop down small, make a left, cut through a store, and you're done. Like, they just don't utilize the technology enough. But it, it's probably because it's OP. That's like, fair. Uh, we have to have a movie. We have to have a movie if they did it that way. If they did it smart, then be over a lot quicker. A couple more, I guess, gripes I want to touch on. The crooked FBI agent, does anything happen to him? I don't remember. I think he dies, doesn't he? I don't even remember what you're talking about. The one that's working with Walton Goggins. The source in the FBI. This is right-hand man. The whole reason they get caught in the woods... Oh, okay. ...is because Walter calls him is like... He, I, I, he completely, take, he I takes completely the lab. forgot about... He's a forgettable character. He takes the, the lab out yeah, of he puts it in his trunk. Puts it in his okay, trunk. yeah, yeah. And, go, and Ghost comes and kills him. Right, she faces... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I, I just hated that character, and I didn't remember if there was a resolution to that. <laughs> it because was how I thought he was memorable. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty dumb character. Second. Uh, you know what? It's, it's a payoff we didn't need. Or if you're going to make it, do better. 
Like, they, they have a big enough universe here where the person that he could have been calling was somebody, like, that we recognized and, like, holy shit, is that what they're doing now that S.H.I.E.L.D. is broken up? Or some, some, some nonsense like that. Yeah. Just some, just one other FBI agent that's running around the movie. Could have done something different, for sure. Yeah. So when Scott and Lawrence Fishburne are comparing sizes... And he says, I went to 65 feet. And he goes, you must have been exhausted after. Yeah, I slept for three days. So it gets way bigger than 65 feet in this. And he almost drowns. And, and he, he wakes up perfectly fine. 30 seconds later. Yeah. He has the power of love on his side. It's rejuvenating. Really? <laughs> sure. I'm, I don't know. It's lazy writing. Yeah, he's, he's fine, ready to go. I mean, the, the difference may have just been he was allowed to... Like, once he got done the battle at the airport, he was able to sleep for three days. Like, so he just did because he didn't have to wake up, whereas this one, somebody woke him up. It's all adrenaline, dog. I guess. So he almost drowned in this, too. Yeah. It's a little no. more. And he got bigger than 65. I don't know. No, I, I, I thought about that line, and I was like, uh, I don't think that line needed to be in there if you're just going to go. It's also a different suit. Maybe the effects are different. I don't know how things work. This is made-up science. It is made-up science. No, I don't disagree. I, I made the same connection. I was like, huh. Woke up pretty quick, considering he slept for three straight days last time. And we definitely have to touch on this end credit scene. It's probably the most important post-credit scenes we, we've gotten. The I mid-credit scene is the, the important The mid-credit mid scene. The end credit scene is... I don't count it. <laughs> fucking worthless. Yes, it is. I, I wish I hadn't waited around for it, if I'm being honest. So the only non... Well... I wouldn't call it exactly worthless. There's something you can pull out of that, but... I've never seen an ant drum before. Let's do mid-credits. <laughs> I fucking loved the mid credit scene. Well, I fucking loved it. This is the ending we should have got. This is what I was saying earlier on. We, we, needed, to get this, we needed to get to the point where, alright, Infinity War happened, and this is where we are now. Well, everybody was questioning... Since Infinity, since Infinity War and since the snap, everybody has been asking what these movies, these MCU movies that are going to come out between Infinity War and the next movie. There's the only two. Movie, There's this one and, and Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Sure, it. yeah. But even still, people are... I mean, they, they've projected for fucking forever. Right, yeah. Point. So again, after part two comes out, or whatever they call it, yeah. we... We'll get a resolution of... Yeah. Or so we hope. Well, they well, they have to with all, yeah. with all these movies flying, yeah. ready to go. But the point is, you know what, though? This also confirms... I think this confirms that to an extent, too, because in this one, we see that where this lands. This, this ends right as Infinity War ends. Yes. Right? So now all these other movies have to end up being after... Because everything else is more or less chronological. They're not going to go back in time. Outside of Captain Marvel, which we know is going back in time. Yes, Captain Marvel takes place years. Years and years, yeah. Which is fine. Everything else going forward is generally in a a more or less chronological order. I guess, I mean... Well, this happens between Civil War and Infinity War. This happens during. This happens during Infinity War. This happens during Infinity War. the The entire time frame of this is after... Yeah, yeah, yeah. After he yeah. gets arrested for participating in Civil War mm-hmm. to right. win Infinity War. Well, happens. I'm not concerned about the movies post-Infinity War 2 after that, because we're going to find out what happens with sure. everything, so it really doesn't sure. matter. Okay. It's the fact that it had to end with P- 
people disappearing, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's in the It's quantum- so fucking anxiety. Like, How's he getting out of there? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he can't. Theoretically, the exact same way he got out of there the first time, though. I mean, he got out of the... I guess he could join himself. He, he got out of the quantum realm by himself the first time around. Uh, yeah, but... So I'm wondering who this ghost friend is that he's talking about. Does anybody... Did anybody know who that is that, that he's referencing? What? So he goes into the quantum realm to collect healing particles for a ghost. For a ghost. The, for the ghost the, our new ghost friend. The, that's the ghost. The oh, it is just yeah. ghost. Yes. Oh, I thought it was talking about somebody else. Nope. No. It's so character much. we already met. That's sad. And I guess theoretically, I guess he could get out of there the way he got. Yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't even think of that. I, I think of that. So I figured because they. Put him in differently, it would be different. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Well, if that's maybe the case, different. Oh, oh here, okay, fine. If that's the case, then he's fucking stuck there until Infinity Wars Two is done now. Which is kind of a terrible move. That's a that's a fucking bad play. I feel like he should be involved. He yeah. needs to be involved. There's what? only a couple Avengers left. Right what now. I want to see. This is sort of off topic. It relates to Infinity War. I want to see Hawkeye and his family, and have half, half of Hawkeye's family just disappear. <laughs> And then Hulk, I just like sit up from his fucking breakfast and be like, "I'll be back." As he like grabs up, I have a call to make. Remaining family member, <laughs> or he says to himself, "Yeah, right." You know what? The the other thing is they they kind of leaned into one of my critiques of the snap in the first place is that it, every scene that we see with like people dying from snaps, it's way more people dying than surviving. It is not 50%. It's, it's well, it's, it's we don't have the population. Yeah. It's not 50-50 of the I know, scene, I know. And we've right. gone over this before. Yeah. But still, they did it again where there were four people in the scene, three of them turned to ash. And I'm like, Jesus, they're really leaning into, like, the only people that... The only people that these guys know that are left are each other. Like, that is it. It's going to be fun. And did you guys... All right, so post credits, a stupid aunt. I like the fact that... The TV is like that that annoying Off. feat. Mm-hmm. That meaning okay, like the, the, like the entire population is like truly affected here, which which we figured, but that like cements it home more. And I love after that where we got Ant Man and the Wasp will be returning, and there's a question mark. The question mark comes up at the end. Yeah. That really hit home for me. Yeah, that <laughs> I was one, like, oh man, that one hit home for me. I was like, they will. I can't. They I'm, should. They should. <laughs> I hope. I want to see it. I can't... Or I'm ex- the only reason I want to rewatch this movie is for what it says on television. On the television. Because it says warning. It, it starts off with the word warning and then another sentence. And I'd like to know what that sentence is. I'm sure you can find that on Google. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, that's probably more than likely what I'm going to do. That's it, Men and the Wasp, guys. That's all you got? That's it. I guess. All right. Good. This is the part of the show where we rate the movie that we just talked about for however long that was. Hmm. Let's do our ratings for Ant-Man and the Wasp. How it works is we give it a score, which is a number of Infinity Stones from 1 to 6. 1 is the lowest, 6 is the highest. If you give it a 6, you can also give it a gauntlet with that 6 stones for the highest possible score. Let's find out what Ant-Man and the Wasp is getting from the three of us. Sequel, what are you giving it? Four stones, I think, is appropriate for this. It's good. It's solid. It's forgettable in the grand scheme of things with the MCU. I mean, all these movies are rewatchable to an extent. There's no, there's not really a bad movie in the bunch. But as we said earlier, it doesn't really take chances. It doesn't really extend anything. It's just, it's just a good, solid, fun movie. Four stones. Corey, agree, disagree? 
I agree a lot, and I was bouncing around between three and four all day, because when it's a, a good movie, a solid movie, it always comes down to rewatchability for me, and usually movies that I don't think I'll rewatch, I give a three. Um, but I can't be sure that when this bad boy pops up on Netflix that I won't take a couple hours and, and sit down and watch it again. And it's good enough, and I'm not going to be upset if I do. It's not like I'm wasting my time watching it again. Um, I, I like the choice that they made with the villain at the end. Not overall, but just the choice not to kill the villain. I think I like that choice. And again, I think that there are a couple really good, shiny, shimmering moments in this. I'll give it four. I, I, I really don't feel like it deserves to be downgraded to three. There's nothing wrong with this movie. It's a perfectly fine movie to watch. You'll enjoy it when you watch it. There's nothing too deep here, but there's really sweet moments with some of the characters. Michael Pena steals the show again in his limited scenes. So I did really enjoy it. I don't think it's as good as the first Ant-Man. The first Ant-Man took me kind of by surprise, and it's got a, it's got a better villain in it. It's, I think it works better as a movie. This one's pretty basic, but I'm not going to downgrade it too much, so I'm going to give this one four stones. I would thoroughly watch it on Netflix or Amazon or wherever it ends up, and I wouldn't be upset about it at all, because at the end of the day, even just for the laughs, hmm. it's it's worth it. It's it's well done for what it is, but they didn't, they didn't do enough with what they could have. Those are our scores for Ant-Man and the Wasp. If you want to let us know what you thought about Ant-Man and the Wasp and some other stuff, send us an email to zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. You can find us on Twitter at ZTH Podcast. It is summertime, so we're expecting to see a couple of Ant Hill pictures come up on our Instagram, also at ZTH Podcast. No red ants. Those are no joke. Yeah, those are... Fire ants. Yeah, those shits are fucking dangerous. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast, or search for us on Facebook, Zeros Talking Heroes, Zeros and Heroes, and in ES. And what we need is for you to go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show. And if you want to leave a review, that's cool too, but the five stars is really what we're after. But if you do leave a review, we'll read it on the podcast. And if you can't be bothered to do any of that, tell your friends, tell your family, tell people you know that would be into this podcast about it. Let them know Zero's Talking Heroes also would like to be their friend. So next time, this is a confusing next time for me. Not really confusing, but uh, next week there's going to be no episodes. We're taking a uh, two-week break because I'm going to be on vacation. That's my fault. I'm sorry, everyone. It's okay, chill. You work hard. I'm entitled to my one week off a year. You are. But the next episode you'll be hearing from us in two weeks is going to be Batman Ninja. We're watching that animated Batman movie where he goes back in time and becomes a ninja. Yay! Thanks, Tom. Polarizing movie, man. It is pretty polarizing. Curious about it. We have more than one person who wants us to watch it. And, And from both sides, too. Don't we have some people that hate it and want us to watch it and some people that like it and want us to watch it? I don't remember if anyone liked it that recommended it. Okay. I know Tom told us not to watch it. Watch it. Didn't Mitch hate it, too? Mitch fucking despises this movie. Caleb liked it. We'll call it mixed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So join us for that when we resume in a couple weeks. And before that, I'm going to be putting out a poll on Twitter on the week that I'm away. It's uh, just three choices of a movie that you'd like to see as a review. Whichever one gets the most votes is the one we'll be doing. We'll probably be doing that in like three weeks, sometime in August. We'll be doing that movie that wins the poll sometime in August. Get stoked. The picks for that poll are fucking great. They're all on par with each other. 
They are. They're very similar. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy about this poll. So get on Twitter, twitter.com slash zthpodcast, at zthpodcast. Vote in that poll. Thanks in advance. And as usual, this is me, on behalf of everyone else, telling you that every movie out there is someone's favorite movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp included. Good night. Oh,